Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. So it's that most wonderful time of the year yet again. The actual beginning of the church calendar is today, the first Sunday of Advent. And so we are in a four-week Advent series along with the historic church and the church across boundaries, all celebrating this time of year. The word Advent means coming or arrival. And it's the time that we celebrate and anticipate the coming of Christ. There's supposed to be a sense of waiting and anticipation and longing that builds over these four weeks. And so what we're doing during Advent is we're kind of leaning into that anticipation, um, uh, celebrating the first coming from that baby in a manger that happened in Bethlehem so many years ago. We feel that longing of the waiting of the uh, arrival of Jesus in the past. But as Christians, at the same time, we're also allowing that waiting to mirror where we are now, our waiting and longing for when Christ will return, the future return of Jesus. So for Christians, those following the way of Jesus, this season is like a both and, a history and a future waiting at the same time. Each week of Advent, we press into a different theme, peace, hope, joy, and love. And this year, we decided to spend our four weeks uh, looking at the birth story using words spoken by various participants in the stories that we read. Today, we're leaning into the words spoken by the angels, do not be afraid. Now, during Advent, we shorten our sermons, and we want to leave more time for reflection. The world is going very quickly right now. Your calendars are filling up, requests for things. I mean, the inbox on Giving Tuesday alone was, how did they all get my number to text me? I don't even know how that happened. But anyway, there's so much information and events coming at you. We want to take a piece of our Sunday and slow down to guard time for reflection and to press into the themes of every week. More on how we're going to do that when the time comes. But for now, what we want to do is we want to press into the story. I was just talking with Willie before service about how sometimes it can be hard when you have a story that is so familiar to allow it to feel fresh when we talk about the same thing each year. But there's beauty in it. And I was reminded that there's something that we do when returning to a familiar story. It's beautiful and divine when it happens in the church, but we do it in other spaces too, right? Yesterday, we doubled up. We went to a Nutcracker performance and then watched White Christmas. I loved every minute, and I knew both storylines. So lean into a story and don't allow the familiarity to... um to take away any of the beauty. So we're going to pause, take a still, even if you want to move in your seat or anything, press into story, posture for story now. There are three times in the birth narrative where angel messengers speak these words, do not be afraid, as recorded in Luke's gospel. It happens to Zechariah, to Mary and to the shepherds. And we're going to look at each of these three moments of angelic encounter. We'll take a quick peek at each. So when Luke writes his gospel account, his version of the stories that he's collected about the life of Jesus, he actually decides to start by backing the story up to the miraculous birth of Jesus's cousin, John, who later becomes known as John the Baptist. John's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, 
Elizabeth are said to be righteous in God's eyes. They are both coming from priestly lines, we learn, and they are unable to have children, and they are quite old. This is what we know about them. It's Zechariah's turn as the priest in the line that he's in to go and burn incense. So the priestly lines would take turns doing this. This is maybe if you're lucky once in your lifetime, if you're a priest, that you are invited to go and burn incense. And I love this coming right out of what we just learned in our presence, our temple presence series. Remember, we talked about that holy space. This is just outside of the holiest of holies. And so offering incense, where's Zachariah is in this once in a lifetime opportunity is as close to the presence of God that anyone would get in their lifetime except for the high priest who could go into the holiest of holies one time. So this is a huge deal, sacred moment. And we can feel this sense of, of holy and sacred. And in that space, an angel appears to Zechariah. I'm going to start in Luke 11, I'm sorry, Luke 1, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. We're told that Zechariah in this moment is gripped with fear. And the angel responds with those words of comfort. Do not be afraid. We're in this sacred space. The angel knows Zachariah's name. He knows his wife's name and he knows his prayer requests. This is God sending a messenger to speak future plan over them, their family. And so we see this like, okay, he's gripped with fear, but he knows he's in a sacred space. This is clearly a divine encounter and a holy revealing of God's miraculous plans. And gripped with fear, his response is doubt. He asks for some kind of proof or assurance. It's a bold ask when you're face to face with an angel, I imagine. He wants something to prove it. He says, asks of the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. I thought it was kind that he didn't call her outright old. She's well along as well. But anyway, but he's, how can I be sure? And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until this day comes because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. That's his sign. That's his sign when he responds in doubt. But remember when he's doubting here, you guys, when we look at the whole story of scripture, remember from our last series, there's been 400 years of silence since the last prophet, the last messenger of God's word spoke to the Jewish people. It's been 400 years since the last voice. And now this encounter, God's messenger is speaking. It is time. God has a plan and your son's a part of it. This is a big moment, 400 years in the waiting. Next, Gabriel goes on and visits Mary. We go from a barren couple becoming pregnant now to a virgin becoming pregnant and what we're seeing here is an intentional escalation of the miraculous it's going from miracle to like miracle miracle up 
the ante. At this point, Elizabeth's miracle of pregnancy has come to pass. So I'm picking up in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. So Mary is also troubled at this encounter. And again, Gabriel speaks over her. Do not be afraid. Now, her question is different than Zachariah's. He says, how can I be sure? Like, the sign of a miraculous encounter isn't enough. I need assurance of some kind. And she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And I can hear in that something different, not like give me proof, but how's that going to work? I'm missing a key player here. Does this mean I'm supposed to marry Joseph? Like, how's it going to go down? I hear a little bit of a difference. Plus, I have to acknowledge this is a young girl out in a field, not an established priest in a holy, sacred space. There are differences. And so I feel like her question is very warranted. And the angel does not give any consequence for her question. So he must think so too. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the son of God. Picking up now in 38, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So Mary starts out troubled. The version, the translation of the NLT says she's confused and disturbed. So her response after hearing, do not be afraid is one of obedience immediate obedience. Those words, do not be afraid, uttered by the divine presence of an angel must have really entered her heart and soul for that response to come so quickly when this plan would have been so very challenging if you were young, Mary. And now we'll go on to our third angelic encounter, picking up in Luke verse eight. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the heavens then open up in a way that I... My creative imagination has so much fun with what that must have looked like. The, angel, the heavens open up and they could see a heavenly host of angels all around them singing glory to God for his amazing plan that's been set into motion. And what is the shepherd's response? Starting in verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherd said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they started terrified. But after they had heard these words, do not be afraid and seen the heavenly host, their response is immediate faith. Hey, the Lord said it happened. Let's go check it out. They just believe so faithfully that this word is true and they want to go and see it for themselves. Scripture says they hurried off to go and see. So what we see in the story today is three holy encounters, three fear-filled responses. We're encountering the divine. It must be really intense moment. Three pronouncements, do not be afraid. 
and three different responses to the prophetic announcements of the angels. After 400 years of silence, clinging to promises of holy scripture that the Messiah would come, these holy promises that each of these people would know about. On my good days, I like to think that I would respond like Mary or like the shepherds. But if I'm honest with myself, on a lot of days, I probably would be a little bit more like Zechariah. We're told he was a righteous man. He was clearly holding hope. He was acting as a priest, serving at the altar of the incense. He was just still gripped with doubt. And I kind of like, I kind of get that. Like, how can I be sure? This feels like a really big statement. How can I be sure? So I can understand the question. And we already see in all of these three encounters that things all are are already not going the way that the people were expecting that they were going to go. So the prophet Isaiah spoke of one. Now we've just learned from uh, Zechariah's encounter. This would be John the Baptist. The prophet Isaiah said there would be one who would prepare the way for the Lord. But he's being born of a barren old couple. The prophets also spoke of a uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, Isaiah 9, 6, who would be born to a poor, unmarried nobody in this little town that apparently doesn't have a real strong reputation as we hear later. It's sort of like looked down upon. This from Jesus from Nazareth? Like what good comes from there? So it's like this nowhere spot, a nobody person, and that's where the Prince of Peace is coming from? The first heralds of this news, the first heralds after all of this time to see the proof themselves, eyewitness accounts very powerful in this culture. Who are the first ones? They're shepherds. Like, who's going to believe them? They're wanderers. This is not going the way people would have thought, but in God's angelic messengers, the same thing happens in each instance. They speak peace over their fears and doubts. They say, do not be afraid because this is God's plan. Be at peace. When we talk about fear, I want to just briefly clarify something. I personally have a gripping fear of needles, especially the little ones. Like I can get a flu shot, but if you're going to place an IV in me, I literally need to do like breathing techniques. I go a, a terror of needles, okay? I also don't love spiders, but it's not as bad. Like you've all got that thing where you're like, I know it shouldn't be, but I am scared to death. We're going to set those aside. Those matter in your embodied experience. But that's not the kind of fear that we're talking about here. Here what we're talking about is fear when faced with a holy moment, a sacred moment. Maybe when you think about a moment like this, it might be that moment where you really felt an encounter with God, an awareness of the presence of God with you, some kind of holy awareness that you were with a presence of the divine and you had that fear of the Lord, as scripture calls it, that is that holy awareness of like, I am not God and God is God. And that holy awareness can, can look like, a, like a, a, a quickening, a fear. Or maybe you have a moment like that. Maybe you felt it when you've read or heard a word of scripture or from a sermon or in a conversation or devotional or something, that holy conviction that comes when you know God is asking something of you and it might have a cost. 
but you know that, and you know there's, oh, that's gonna, that's gonna be hard. Maybe you felt this kind of fear in a stirring around maybe a calling that you've sensed, maybe a passion that you hold, or a gift that you think you may have through the Holy Spirit, and you don't know how that's going to pan out. You don't know. The, the hurdle seems too big. The problem seems too big for your passion to make a difference. The calling seems too far-fetched for you to possibly fulfill it. Maybe you felt that kind of fear, like, I think that God is asking something of me, and I don't know how that's going to work out. Maybe you've had that kind of fear in a moment like that. Any of these kind of holy, sacred sense of God's revelation moments, that's what we're talking about here. And that fear that follows because you're in the presence of the voice or the, the quickening of the divine of God speaking into your life in some way. And you need to hear, do not be afraid. All three of these encounters hold the reality of our fears because we're human, right? Like Zechariah, we have doubts, we have fears. These things happen. We hold the reality of our fears being countered and soothed by God's peace. That's the beauty that we see. This is my plan. Do not be afraid. Jesus later The Prince of Peace, as he grows, speaks similar words over his followers. It was for them in that moment and for us still today. John 14, starting in 25. All of this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is reminding his followers, God has a plan and you guys are a part of it now. Do not be afraid. Fears and worries do come as part of the human experience, especially in following the way of Jesus. And we see in the New Testament in Philippians 4, with instructions to that church, we hear that the antidote to those fears and anxieties that come is to reach out to God with thanksgiving and prayer. In everything with prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then Philippians 4, 7 says, the peace of God, that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That kind of peace, the peace offered by God that transcends all understanding of what the circumstance may be facing you, that is what counters all fear. That is what was spoken over these participants in the story by the angel, and that is what is still available to us today in light of a response of any kind of holy stirring that could cause up fear, doubt, worry, wondering, gripped with terror, anything. God speaks over that. Do not be afraid. This is my plan. Hear my reassurance in it. What I want us to consider as we sit here in a little buffer space that's been created in our sacred space for this morning, the Holy Spirit is here with us now as we gather in the name of Jesus. That's what makes this space sacred. What I want us to consider are some questions that we might want to respond to in light of these encounters that we're looking at with the angelic. What does God's peace look like in the midst of fear or shock 
or unexpected circumstances? What would that peace look like in a real way in your life right now? Have you experienced God's peace in a way that transcends understanding? Maybe something that was, you want to just look back in your own history and say, that moment was so awful and I felt a peace that didn't match my circumstances. Thank you, God, that I've experienced your peace that transcends understanding. Or where do you maybe long to experience that kind of peace in your life now? Jesus, I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you that your pronouncement over us is the same as God's pronouncement as given through the angels. Do not be afraid. We want to say in faith, like Mary did, we, we are your servants. We, we will have it be as you say it will be. We want to say that. Give us the courage. Give us the peace that we need to respond with a yes to you each and every time. Guide us, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missiodechicago.com.